Well, I hope you're all well. Welcome to our final vision session. We've been covering the past few weeks, haven't we, what we feel that God has placed on our hearts for the vision for this house and the values that kind of sit underneath that. And so I hope that as we've been sharing with you, you've caught hold of some of the passion that is within us and how excited we are for what God's going to be doing in the next season of Hope Church Lytham. We are super excited and we hope that you catch some of that as well. You know, we're believing for growth, um, both in numbers, but also in depth of relationship with God and with one another, that actually as we we grow closer to God, that he will begin to empower us and equip us as individuals and as a church to be able to outwork what he has put on our hearts to do. So yeah, I hope you are grasping hold of some of that. So what we want to do this morning is just summarise what we've been talking about over the past few weeks. We've been hitting you with all kinds of verses and scriptures and uh, ideas around what our heart is for the church. So we're just going to summarise all that in case you've forgotten what we talked about at the very beginning. Um, And then we're going to start to dig into some of the practical stuff that we actually want to start doing so that we're not just speaking stuff out, but we're actually following it through with some action. Does that sound good? Okay, so the vision, as I'm sure you've all caught hold of by now for this house, pure and simple, is to love God and love people. It's very simple, it's very biblical, and that's what we believe is the overarching vision and calling on our lives as a church. And so that's the directive that we have from God, that we should love him, and that out of that we should love others around us with no holds barred. We should just be pouring out our love into them. And so we felt that actually, although it's great to have that simple vision statement, that underneath that we need to have a set of core values that really define who we are as a church, um, as a collective local body of Christ, so we know how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to represent the heart of this house. Um, So I hope that if a guest were to walk in this morning and say, oh, so what, what does this church believe? What do you stand for? That you'd be able to, of course, reel off the five points that we've been sharing over the past five weeks. Shall I pick on someone and see if you can do it? No, I won't. I won't do that. Okay, so just to run through very quickly, the first one is pursuing the heart of God, and that was born out of Matthew 16, where Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then in Psalm 105, it says, seek his presence continually. So this idea of pursuing the heart of God, it needs to become everything that we do. It needs to uh, create within us an increasingly intimate relationship with our heavenly father, with our creator. And so what we as a church want to do is we want to create space for each and every one of us within this house to pursue God's heart, whether that's through Sunday morning meetings or through encounter nights or prayer meetings, whatever it is. We want to create that space where we can rest in his presence, where we can draw close to him. And out of that, he will begin to show us a bit more about who he is and also who we are as his children. And that brings us nicely onto the second value that we want to help people find their God-given purpose. Because we firmly believe that each and every one of us has been put on this planet for a reason. Not only that, but we've been put in this town at this time for a specific purpose. Because God has got a plan for us that we should be able to outwork within our lives. And as we draw close to him, he will show us who we are and who we can be and the potential that he sees within us so that we can begin to 
to carry that out, that we can begin to work out the God-given purpose on our lives. And it's been great to meet with some of you over the past few weeks as we've been going through the SHAPE questionnaires. Those of you who have come and met with us, um, I believe that a lot of you kind of arrived with a bit of uh, nervousness and, and I don't know, concern about what it was going to look like. Is it an interview? It's, it felt a bit formal, but we tried and hopefully to kind of put a relaxing atmosphere around it and you left feeling, I don't know, encouraged, empowered um, and with an with a understanding that we just want to equip you and empower you and release you into what God's calling you to do. So if you've not filled in a shape questionnaire, come and speak to me or Ruth at the end of the service. We'll give you one. Um, and then it'd be great to book in a meeting with us just to chat through what your heart is, what your passion is, what you think God's calling you uh, to do. Um, just so we can get this picture of what the church looks like um, and how we might be able to uh, work together to carry out the directive that he's put on our hearts. There's no, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Pressure. Um, to, to do it, but we'd love it if you did. And if you come for a meeting and you say, actually, God's calling me uh, to do kids' work, there is no pressure to immediately join the kids' team. There's no pressure. We just want to understand what your heart is. So I encourage you to do that. Value number three, bringing hope to the community. Jesus said, whatever you did to the least of these, you were doing it to me. You see, Jesus recognized that actually we can't just be a church of words we need to be a church of action. It's great for us to sit here and share our hearts and the words that God's put on our hearts for this church. But if we don't put it into action, then we have way missed the mark. We need to be, doing act we need to be acting, not just speaking. We need to love on our neighbor. We need to love on our community. And we need to love on them with everything that we have. So that's number three. Number four, restoring the brokenhearted let me read this passage from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So we want people within the church to, to function from a place of wholeness, which includes good emotional and spiritual health, and we believe that in a God who heals, don't we? We believe in a God who heals, a God whose heart is for the least, the last, and the lost. And our heart breaks when we see brokenness in our church and in our community. So we want to do everything that we can to build you up, to break down any barriers that have, uh, have fallen into our lives and that are stopping us from actually uh, living out our God-given purpose. So First, let's help make each other whole and well, and then we can live out what God's calling us to be. I shared the other week, didn't I, about this, uh, this analogy of us sometimes living as GPs in our comfortable surgery, expecting the sick to come to us. But actually, we need to be the paramedics going out into the community, finding the sick, finding the needy, and helping them where they're at, rather than just sitting here and expecting them to come to us. So that's our heart. We want to see people restored, healed, made whole and well in God. And then finally, we want to create a culture of generosity. In 2 Corinthians 9, it says, you'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And that's really encouraging because what that verse is saying is that God pours his blessings onto us. He blesses our lives so then we can be a blessing to others. 
He doesn't pour his blessings into our lives so we can feel good and we can hold on to it all ourselves and build up wealth and uh, skills and abilities just to say, look at me, aren't I great? He blesses us so we can bless others. It should be this continuous outpouring into us from God, out to us, out to others from God, through us. And it just continues in this cycle. And so we want to create this culture of generosity and it can be as simple as giving you a tea and coffee and cake at the end of the service, all the way through to blessing guest speakers, blessing guest worship leaders, through to community projects and international mission work and whatever that might look like, we just want to be generous with what God's blessed us with. And that's not just in finances, it's with skills and abilities and resource and time. Our generosity should underpin everything that we do as a church. So we want to create this culture of generosity not to be stingy, but to be generous of heart. So with all that said, a vision and a clear set of values is great, but if we don't actually have something in place, something practical that's going to help us to outwork these values, like I've already said, I think we're nothing more than a church of words. And we can't be a church of words. We have to be a church of action. We have to be a church that moves beyond words and begins to act. Jesus told his disciples, didn't he, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. He said, go, go. There's an action there. There's something that says we shouldn't be staying inside the church building and, and enjoying meeting together on a Sunday and feeling good about ourselves as we sing to God and we hear the word and then going out and doing nothing. God says, go. So yeah, come into church and receive and be a blessing to one another, but then leave this place with a passion and a vigor to actually do something about what you've heard, to actually put into practice what God's speaking into our lives. And let's begin to live out the calling that God has put on our lives. So what we're going to do now is we're going to begin to look at some of those practical things that we feel God is calling us to do, to, uh, to begin and to start uh, in our church. Okay. <laughs> that was a bit of a dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm going to tell you a bit about the hub, which is um, a youth space, um, just a space really for young people to come and hang out in a, a safe and a friendly environment, um, a place where they can build friendships, where they can connect face to face with people. Um, so we're, we're going to get Xbox games going and uh, pool table, table tennis. Um, we've got some iPads, cafe area, um, and you know, just making it look good with couches and funky lighting and, and just a, a warm and welcoming space. Um, and it's going to be open after school, so it's like a, a straight after school drop-in for at least three nights a week um, with kind of a long-term view to opening it five nights a week. Um, and just so that we're, we've then got that continuity of relationship with people so that we can, we can build those relationships. Um, so we're, we're aiming this at kids who let themselves in and are at home alone, basically, after school. Um, what's the term? Latchkey kids, I think. Um, where they, you know, they, they get given a key and they, they go home and they're just basically sat on their own until their parents get in from work. Um, so that's that's one of the kind of group of kids that we're, we're aiming it at and um, but also just just kids who are bored who 
have nothing to do, who want someone to talk to, um, kids who have no good role models in their lives, um, just people that we can, we can be there for um, who currently don't really have anybody. Um, so we want to just make a positive impact, guiding and supporting young people. Um, but also to help build community links with PCSOs and, you know, we could have the fire people come in and just break down some of those barriers as well between young people and uh, the local authorities and uh, whether that's they come in and do presentations or just come in to chat to young people. And that's something that we'd, we'd like to look at as well. Um, so just this week, uh, John and I went um, and met with a, a networking group that we're a part of, which is it's basically community leaders, so people who have a service and lead a service in the community for anybody who, who has a need. And so that, that's made up of GPs, it's made up of um, police, um, who else? Just Good Friends were there, um, YMCA, yeah, and, and then we were invited as a, a church group to go. And there was a, a real acknowledgement around the table that there is a gap um, for youth provision in this area and that there really isn't much at all. And one lady from Fylde Council said that uh, at the moment in particular there are a number of teenagers that are causing issues, especially around the St Anne's area, um, straight after school, basically because they're bored and they don't have anywhere to go. And so... Um, she she was saying, you know, she's really pushing us with this and is willing to do anything she can to help us um, because there is a real need for it. And so then the idea is that after we've been running for a little while, we'll have some offshoot small groups and, and projects which should, can be based on the needs and the interests of the people that come through the door. Um, so this can be anything that they, any area that they might want to develop in. So it can be anything from kind of cooking classes or life skills. It could be CV writing, um, job searching, healthy living, arts and crafts, sports. It can be literally anything at all um, that they might be interested in that we could then put on and, and help them develop in that area. And also we would uh, then introduce a youth alpha that they could come to as well. Um, after we've built up some of these relationships, we can invite them to that and that would be obviously a really great thing um, for them. Um, and perhaps at some point also offer individual mentoring um, for some of the, the kids that need it most. Um, so that's kind of like the long-term plan and the long-term vision for that. Um, but the, there is a real emphasis on a long-term commitment for this. So we don't just want to set it up for a year and then, well, yeah, that was good and or it didn't really work. You know, we want to kind of push at this and, and make it work. And if it's not working, figure out why and keep going with it. And, you know, we really want a long-term investment and commitment to this. Um, and so, so where we're up to at the moment is we are, we're in discussion with a guy called Andy who has set up this, um, an organisation called Relational Hub. And, and he uh, goes into churches and helps them to set this up. And he's already done this at the Life Church um, on the Wirral, and it's, it's really working well there, and it's a really big success. They've been going for just over a year, and I think they've, they've seen, they see regularly 100 children coming through the door, uh, young people, and that's, that's on a regular basis. Um, so we've been in discussion with Andy, um, and so he helps to you know, provide support along the whole journey. 
Um, he's going to come over hopefully in April sometime to do an audit of the area and he also helps us to get funding for the project to set it up and so yeah we're really excited about that really looking forward to to meeting with him and working with him um, so I suppose the biggest hurdle at the moment for this is where to hold it um, obviously we've got the church building here but if we're talking about couches pool tables table tennis and the setup and set down for that three times a week to start with is is a lot it's a big strain um, so we're kind of looking at other possible venues um, as I mentioned the the lady from the council she's had a couple of thoughts as well of council-owned buildings that perhaps there is potential for um, but as yet we've we've not really found anything so it'd be great if you guys could be praying into this that God would really guide us and and find us an appropriate venue preferably near Lytham High School where we can kind of just pick up kids on the way out of school and and start building those relationships so that's all about the hub. Excellent. Is that good? Yeah, cool. So that brings us on to number two. Um, some of you may have heard of a charity based in Nottingham Operation Orphan. Um, Brad and Cyrilyn, who founded the charity, used to be part of this church. Um, and I think actually um, some of the guys here were on the very first missions trip to Moldova. Yeah, Malcolm, did Peter go on that as well? Um, yeah, which essentially was the catalyst to them setting up this charity Operation Open, which runs uh, missions trips across the world um, just to help with this heart for helping um, orphans and, and kids who are deprived. Um, but more on that later. But actually what they also do as well as international missions is a local uh, initiative called Forget Me Nots. Um, and this was set up with a vision of essentially empowering local communities to meet the needs of at-risk children. And so this works in partnership with the social care system. Um, so any support that's offered is actually targeted to, to kids who need it the most. So it's not just saying, oh, it'd be great to, to support some people who need some help and we'll just go out and find some people. It's actually working with um, the, the authorities that know who it is that needs, needs the most. Um, so whether that's social workers or, or whatever it is, it's them that are highlighting to the charity these people are in desperate need of some help that's beyond what we can do because there are restrictions in place about how uh, the, the social care system can help. And so there are gaps within that, uh, within that need that can be filled by a charity like this. So in very basic terms, it looks like providing practical items that will significantly improve the quality of a child's environment. And that could be anything from household furniture, through to bedding. It really can be anything along those lines. And, and you know, we recognize that these are basic needs within a home, aren't they? That actually, it'd be really nice for us to have a bed, or it'd be great for us to have a pillow, or, you know, a wardrobe, or whatever it is that, that we maybe take for granted within our homes, because, you know, we've got, I mean, we've got more beds than you can shake a stick at in our house at the minute. It's ridiculous. Um, we don't need them all, so we'd love to get rid of them. Um, but we, we take for granted the things that we have within our home and there are people, even within our community, you don't need to push out into Blackpool. Even within Lytham St. Anne's, there are, there are families in need of things as simple as a bed or some bedding or some furniture. So what we would love to do um, is to partner with Operation Orphan to launch this project 
here in Lytham St Anne's. So we've already started discussions with Brad about what that could look like and, and how we would actually go about doing that. And essentially, uh, it's as simple as two, two needs. One is storage, somewhere to put the stuff that we're going to give to people. And the other is a member of staff. So that's a part-time member of staff that will probably work four mornings a week um, who can kind of coordinate the whole, uh, whole programme. Um, and what that looks like is a referral would come into us from the social care system. So we don't need to go and find the needs. They will uh, meet with a family, recognise a need, write up a referral and send it to us. And then we look at it and say, OK, th this is a need in our community. This is something that we can help with. And that doesn't then fall on us as a church. What we then do is act as a conduit to then promote to the local community, there's a family in need of X, Y, and Z. So there are loads of groups, you know, some of you might be a part of them on Facebook, for example, um, Leg Up Lytham is one of them, where people just post on there, I've got this to give away, does anyone need it? Or I am in need of this, can anyone help? And you see the community essentially doing this already on a smaller scale. But what this programme looks like is, is something that's a bit more targeted than that. So we would get a referral from the social care system. We could then push that out to, you know, we'd give it to the church as well. And we push it out to the community via Facebook or whatever and say, we've got a family in desperate need of this. Can you help? And then they would hopefully give us the thing that we are looking for, for us to then pass on to the person in need. So there would be no direct contact with them and the family in need or, or probably with us uh, and the people in need. We're essentially this conduit to, to fill the need within our community in a strategic and targeted way. So it's a really great opportunity to encourage the community to take an active part in helping their community. And, and like I said, we see it happening already, but we'd love for it to be more kind of strategic and more targeted. And that's what uh, the guys at Operation Orphan have the expertise in doing. So they're gonna provide training and equip us with what we need to be able to do it and just to give you a bit of an understanding as to where where the needs come from you know it could be the reason that families are in need could be anything from you know homelessness um, through to escaping domestic violence um, and all these situations essentially lead to a place where they haven't got the finances to buy these basic needs so they're in this place of of desperation and they really need someone to step in and fill that gap but like I said, the social care system can't necessarily do everything. So that's where we could step in. That's where we could um, fill that gap um, in that need. And um, so if that rings in your heart, if that's something that perhaps speaks to you and you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is what God's put me on the earth to do, then please come and speak to us. Because like I say, we need uh, a person, essentially. Uh, it'll be a paid part-time role, um, to be able to kind of coordinate all this stuff. It comes with training and, and all of that stuff. But if you're even remotely interested, then what we'd like to do is pull together a group of people who might be interested and go down to Nottingham and see how the, how the uh, initiative works in action. So we can, we can have a look at what, what goes on and what would be involved. Um, and then we can kind of make an informed decision about who would best fit that role and how we as a church can support that um, initiative. And then, like I say, the other things we need are storage. So please be praying into that. Um, again, you know, it, it could tie in. If we can find a building that can be purpose fit for 
church, for the youth hub, and to store stuff for this initiative, then great. Um, but if not, you know, we could even look at hiring uh, a storage unit just so that we can get started, because this isn't something that we need to delay on, essentially. We can get started as soon as we've found a person uh, and, and kind of gone and got some training. We can kind of kick this off immediately. Um, so that's a great opportunity for us to have a real impact in our community. And they also do things at Easter and Christmas, which is great. And, you know, they gather in a bunch of eggs and it's great to kind of lean on supermarkets as well and, and companies within the community that, that also have um, a desire to, to help the community. Um, and so they can, you know, gift eggs in or chocolate, you know, selection boxes at Christmas, whatever it looks like, that we can then just bless the community with, again, with that strategic focus so it goes to people who might not receive anything at Easter or at Christmas so it's really strategic it's really targeted um, and we believe that that is something God is calling us to do as a local church so please be praying into that uh, and like I say if you think that's something that you might want to be involved in in any capacity um, come and speak to us there's no pressure but it'd be great to hear from you on that okay so as we've mentioned before, another project that I've been working on is a mental health course aimed at young people. Um, basically, it's, it's kind of an early intervention. So those who are struggling with anxiety and depression, um, but kind of haven't got access to the NHS services um, because there's such a huge waiting list. So it's kind of filling a gap there. Um, so the course would run across eight sessions and each session would last about an hour. Um, and it would just be a small group of the same gender and um, just to create that safe space where people can um, talk together and, and be honest and open and work through some of the stuff that they're feeling. And so really it aims to do three things. And the first thing is to manage expectations. Um, so there's been some, some research recently that says that uh, young people have a belief that they they think that they should feel a high level of emotion, like positive emotion constantly. And if they don't feel that high positive emotion, then they feel like there's something wrong with them and they, they think it's anxiety, they think it's depression. Um, but the norm is really that you don't experience constant high, but actually we just have this steady feeling and we have highs and lows throughout the day or throughout the week. And and so it's about managing that and, and educating young people that... Um, that the norm is that you don't feel high all the time, you know, that's, that's, and it's okay not to feel a constant high um, and just to have that steady level with highs and lows. Um, but obviously if somebody's experiencing a, a steady low, then that's where poor, men poor mental health comes in and that is the steady negative emotion. But it's really challenging the culture of, of mental health to focus on wellness and focus on resilience and, and focus on, well, how can we combat this and how can we deal with this? Um, and I think all teenagers ask the question, am I normal? And usually the answer is yes, yes, you are. But many teens assume that the answer is no. And so I think there's a bit of a need there for them to know that anxiety is normal. It's, it's okay to experience some anxiety. And that's a normal emotion that all of us have. And it does have a role to play. And so it's, it's understanding what that normal level of anxiety looks like. And so just educating young people in that. So that's managing expectations. 
Um, and then the second thing is to create a daily detox routine. So this goes back to what I spoke about a few weeks ago, um, where we, well, it's really based in neuroscience and it's about the, the trees. Do you remember the trees? Um, and so there's, we can grow unhealthy thoughts or unhealthy trees in our brain that then impact the way we think about everything else. Um, and so it's, it's giving young people the tools to be able to kind of cut those trees down and, and kill them off and then grow these new healthy thought patterns um, and new uh, healthy way of thinking. And once they've got the hang of this, it really becomes a lifelong skill that they can always go back to. If they're ever feeling anxious or depressed again, then they can go back to this. Um, and once they've kind of got that daily routine, which is only 10 minutes a day, um, then they kind of get into the habit of doing that. And it, it has, it just is amazing. I've done it and I've found it amazing. Um, it just, the, the impact that it has. So it's, that's the second thing, it's about teaching young people how to have this daily routine of refocusing themselves onto better thought patterns. And then uh, the third part of this is exploring other issues. So there's, there's many contributing factors to poor mental health. And so this course tries to unpack a few of those. Um, I think some of the, the largest issues are to do with self-esteem um, to do with social media use, that's a massive one at the moment, um, comparison with other people, and also forgiveness. I've, I've got a whole session about forgiveness as well. Um, and then another part of that exploring issues is looking at uh, each individual's unique gifts, unique talents, and really giving them something to focus on outside of themselves, and maybe even helping them to come up with their own little project that they can do um, to help the people around them, uh, so that the focus is taken off them and how they're feeling rubbish, but then put onto, well, how can I help someone else? And just the, the purpose that that gives them then. Um, so, that's kind of the three main areas and, and aims of the course. So where we're up to is we, are, we have spoken to uh, the deputy head at Lytham High School. Um, she was really positive about the whole course and um, yeah, she, she would have employed me there and then. Um, however, it wasn't her decision to make, so that's a bit frustrating. So I've been passed on to somebody else whose decision it is to make, but I've not been able to get hold of this person and they've, they've got you know, the outline of the course. Um, so please just be praying into that, that if, if it is supposed to happen at Lytham High School, um, then those doors would start to open because I've, I've done all I can do. I've pushed on that door. I've given them all the information for it and I'm just kind of waiting now to hear back from them. Um, however, as I, said, as I said before, we, uh, John and I were at a community network group earlier in the week and I spoke to uh, a couple of the GPs there and they seemed really keen on it. So they've asked me to send it over to them to give them an outline of the course. And um, one of the GPs is from um, Holland House just across the road. And she said that they've got a room I can use as well. So that'll be amazing. Um, so again, just, just be praying into that. Um, I'm a little bit scared because I, th I feel like as soon as I start, that's it, it's just gonna take off. And so, um <laughs> so it's a little bit scary for me um, as an individual, but also um, I'm really excited about it and um, just hoping that, you know, there's, there's hundreds of kids out there that need this and, and just pray for access to them. 
So yeah, I think what's really encouraging about each of these uh, initiatives is that from speaking to other people within our community, they recognize that there's a need and they're actually getting excited with us about the fact that we have a heart for fulfilling that. And so, I mean, not to keep going back to this meeting, but we're sat there around this, this table of people that, that all have influence within the community. And there's no agenda to this meeting. They just kind of get together and talk about stuff. And, and so at the beginning, they're like, well, we don't really have an agenda, but um, has anyone got anything to share? And then there was kind of, you know, that awkward silence for a minute where no one wants to go first. And then the person who was chairing the meeting was like, John and Ruth, last time we were here, you were talking about this and that was really exciting. So why don't you share a bit more? And so they not only got excited, but they remembered that we talked about it and they're like, and so then we got into this whole discussion about how each person around the table could begin to help us to deliver these initiatives. So we're not out here as a church going, we want to make a name for ourselves. We want to do this thing on our own. We're actually gathering the support already within our community. And that just encourages us to say, do you know what? We're hearing right from God because other people are um, confirming that through their passion, through their excitement. So please be praying into each of these that, that God will begin to fulfill those needs so we can start to launch these projects that we won't be a church of words but we'll actually be able to start to act within our community so they're the three kind of uh, local projects that we really feel a heart and a burden for launching uh, from this church within our community to do what we can to bless our community um, and there's something else that i just wanted to share um, that's more of an i don't know experiential for us um, but also an opportunity to bless people beyond the confinements of livings and tans um, and I already touched on uh, Operation Orphan and the work that they do globally. And so as part of the conversations with Brad, I said it would be great if we could organize a missions trip for our church to go on. Um, I've never really I've never been on an international missions trip, but from the people who I know that have been on, it's been life changing for them. Um, you know, so we've heard from Jess in the past and in a couple of weeks, my mum's going to share about her um, trip over to Thailand and you can really get a sense that actually we go with a heart to bless the people that we're that we're going to see but actually you come back being even more blessed yourself um, than you could ever expected so what I want to do is create opportunity for us as a church to be able to do that um, so we're looking at a 2021 mission to Zimbabwe so that's what we would like to do um, the reality is that there's a cost involved. Um, so the ballpark figure um, that we're working on at the minute is £1,300. £1,300. And so that covers everything from arriving at the airport to returning back uh, at the airport. So accommodation, food, travel, everything while you're, uh, while you're there is covered within that cost. Uh, you just have to get yourself to the airport and make sure you've got a passport. And that's it. So... Um, like I said, we're just in discussions with this. The reality is that if we get four people, we can do a trip to, to Zimbabwe, a Hope Church Lytham trip uh, over there. Um, so if you're even remotely interested and you think that actually you would be in a financial position uh, to cover yourself on that trip, then do come and speak to me because at this moment we just want to gauge interest. And then I'm going to invite Brad and Cyril in to come down to the church to share more of their heart and the work that they do. Um, both as Operation Orphan internationally, but also the forget-me-not stuff we've talked about, so you can hear it uh, directly from the source in that sense. 
Um, but if you're interested in a trip next year to Zimbabwe, then come and speak to me and it'd be great to send a group of people over there and then to hear the stories that come back from that. Um, so that'd be good. Excellent. Fab. Okay, so I'm just going to give you a few thoughts about the everything that underpins all of this. So we're coming back to the, the love God, love people. Um, so I'm just going to read from John 15, 1 to 17, which is Jesus talking. And he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So we can't bear fruit unless we are in the vine. So verse five says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we need to be constantly pursuing and reaching out to seek God's face in all that we do. We can't do anything without him. If we try and do all this without God, we can become withered and burned out. And the most important thing above all else is not what we do for God, but it's our relationship with God. We have to seek him and he has to come above all else. So verse 7 tells us that we can ask God for whatever we like and he will give it to us. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But there's an if. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. So we need that level of intimate relationship with God that means that we think like Jesus and we speak like Jesus and ask for things that are already on the Father's heart in the way that Jesus would. And when we know the heart of God, we have that intimacy with him. We will only ask for the things of God. God puts things on our heart to ask him for. So of course, he's going to give us those things. And verse 8 says, It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. 
So God wants relationship with us and with the people around us. He wants that level of intimacy with everyone. So therefore, God wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to succeed in all that we do so that we can display him and his glory. And then that's what gets people asking questions and they become hungry for God too. God wants us to display his glory so that he can be seen in us with the sole purpose of bringing people into relationship with him because that's what it's all about. If we bear fruit, we are known as and seen as disciples of Jesus, as followers of him. And then Jesus tells us to remain in his love. It's like he's saying, if you don't get what remain in me looks like, well, this is what it looks like. It's remaining in my love. It's loving me and letting me love you. It's putting God first in everything, entering into relationship with him and spending time with him. And then Jesus says, if you keep my father's commands, you will remain in my love. And verse 12 says, he tells us what this command is. He says, love each other as I have loved you. Loving God and loving people go hand in hand. Jesus gives us a description of the depth of love he's talking about. And he says that we should be willing to lay down our lives for our friends. It's this sacrificial love and the one that Jesus first showed to us. And so then we enter into this amazing cycle that God first loves us and our response to him is love. And then as we feel love, we then love other people and we share that love with the people around us. And then they can be brought into that relationship with God too. And they have that knowledge and that depth of God's love for them. So verse 16 and 17 sum it all up. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. We are chosen, we are equipped. If we enter into this relationship with God, and if we seek him only and find out what's on his heart, then we become aligned with him and in intimate relationship with him. We realize the depth of his love for us, and we find joy we find purpose, we learn to love others, and we're given everything that we need to be able to do this. God has called us to this. We just have to love him, and then he equips us to love people. It's good. So there we have it. That's our vision. That's what we believe our core values to be. Um, But it doesn't just end here as we wrap up a preaching series. It's not great. That's uh, fantastic. Thank you very much. And we crack on with our lives as normal. This is our heart as a church. This is what we believe is important for us as a local body of Christ. And so I pray that it will then become each and every one of your hearts and your passions and your desire and a burden within you that says, I want to outwork what this church has been called to do. And I want to help support that. And I want to help encourage those who are already doing it. And so in that mind, we want to help you to keep it in the front of your minds. And so we've got you each a gift. I was going to get some toilet paper printed because (laughs) that's uh, (laughs) a key, but we didn't do that. So we got stickers instead. Stickers are good, aren't they? So at the back on the table, there are some stickers. You can put it on your phones. I've got one on my phone. You can put it on your Bible. I've got one on my Bible. 
so you can really just remind yourself that we as a church are called to love God and to love people. And hopefully you'll remember the five values that sit underneath that. And if not, they're going to go on the website if you need reminding. So I just pray that that will become all of our hearts, that actually we will catch hold of this vision and not just hear it as words, but begin to put it into action in our lives, in the way that we have relationship with God and with those around us. Is that okay? Good. So I mentioned last week that actually we want to provide an opportunity and a space uh, for each and every one of us to give into this. A first opportunity to sow a seed into the vision that we've placed within this church, that we feel God has, has placed on our hearts. So what we're going to do is in a minute I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing um, and the offering buckets are going to circulate again. And we believe firmly as a church that tithing is a, is a key principle, um, but the tithe is, is essentially the law. That's what God says we should do. Um, so what I'm suggesting now is that actually we go above and beyond that and we begin to sow into this vision for this house financially. And I know that that can be a stretch sometimes and that we feel financial burdens, but as Yvonne already spoke into this church, that we need to step out in faith. And actually God is calling us to live this out. So what we want to do is provide this first opportunity for you to give financially into this vision, into the values of this church. Um, and so if you feel that this has stirred something within your hearts as we've been sharing over the past few weeks, then I'd ask you to seek God now and say, actually, what, what do you, God, want me to sow into the vision and values of this house? And, and so there's going to be opportunity to give uh, through the buckets if, you, if you've come prepared for that. If not, we can take card, just come and see me at the end of the service, or you can give uh, as di through a direct debit from your bank. Uh, there's slips at the back in the foyer with uh, a sort code and account number and whatever it is that you need. Um, for that so seek God there's there's no pressure oh yeah so just put next to that uh, vision offering I, I'd ask you not to be specific and say this money should be going to this project uh, I pray that you trust the leadership and the trustees that we know where best uh, where God wants us to invest the money so if you could just put vision offering that would be uh, perfect on that and gift aid if you can gift aid because that increases the offering even further um, so why don't we pray and then we're going to sing uh, and the offering buckets will circulate. Father God, we thank you for the vision that you have placed on this house. And we believe that it is something that has come straight from your heart into ours. And so we have a passion to not just be a church of words, but to be a church of action. And I don't want to be sitting here in a few months time not having uh, begun one of these initiatives. We want to already start to work in this community. We want to already begin to have an influence and an impact on our community so that we can share the love of Christ with those around us. So we uh, ask in your name that you will continue to bless us. You will continue to empower us. You will continue to equip us to be able to walk out the vision and values that you have placed within us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.